1: Welcome to A Good Football Show. My name is Pat Crane, and I'm joined by John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge. Daigle, how's it going?
2: Everything is going well. We talked about it last week, why you wanted to spend so much on A.J. Dillon and Ramondre Stevenson if they were still available. And I think we are seeing the repercussions now of all of that, because if you look at the waiver wire column this week, and I think you should, the fact is there are legitimately like one or two players you may want to bid on. Otherwise, it's genuinely roster shuffling. And that's about it this week.
1: It does feel like that, yeah. Certainly aren't kicking yourself if you if you spent big in one of the last few weeks. But there are some names to cover here. I think one of the guys that I was drafting a lot of late in my best ball rounds in, in August, Ty Johnson emerges here with a chance to maybe make a little bit of noise with Michael Carter out for a few weeks with an ankle injury. The Jets weren't passing down to the running backs like they were when Mike White was under center, but Joe Flacco brought a little bit of life to the offense. Who knows when we're eventually going to get Zach Wilson though. And I have very little faith in what he's going to bring when he does return, assuming that he does return soon. So how are you viewing Ty Johnson as a fill in option here for Michael Carter?
2: It's like you said with Zach Wilson potentially out with Michael Carter out now, at least two to four weeks, it leaves us with two running backs to sit through. That is Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. The issue, of course, is Zach Wilson. It would be much easier to have more confidence in Ty if, let's say, Mike White was under center because we've seen now With three quarterbacks, the Jets have used this year. Mike White has a 38% target share to their running backs. Zach Wilson has an 18% target share. And Joe Flacco has the lowest at 12%. So I don't even have a lot of faith in Ty Johnson. But the fact is, he is the de facto replacement. Going to be used more than Tevin Coleman, who we've seen them go away from times anyhow. So Ty Johnson, if you told me to pick one or the other, like that would be it. And it's obviously a tremendous matchup, a tremendous spot for Ty Johnson against a Texans defense still allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs.
1: Yeah. I I think if Mike White was still a quarterback, I would be aggressively bidding on Ty Johnson. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of the same way we were thinking last week, if there's not really much left to spend this money on and he would be like a legit RB two, you know, fill in RB two for, for your team. We really would have confidence starting him. I think. As is, I mean, I just have visions of Tevin Coleman stealing the touchdown, Flacco throwing to Ty Johnson like three to four times in the game, and it being a little bit uninspiring. But I still think he's got enough upside. And who knows, maybe we see White again. Maybe Wilson has a connection (laughs) with him, uh, which uh, seems a little bit hard to fathom. But it's also just a little bit of a thin week, as you teased. Mm -hmm. What's your view on the Texans' backfield?
2: So... People are probably wondering why you just mentioned the Texans' backfield. And it's because (laughs) with Scotty Phillips' sideline from a high ankle sprain out of the bye, now expecting to miss the next couple of games, Texans went with three backs for their backfield, for the first time all year, just three active as well as they scratched Royce Freeman. And that led to David Johnson getting 13 carries and 16 touches to Rex Burkhead's 18 touches. So one, you might be asking yourself, yeah, John, but the Texans had a lead and how often will that actually happen? (laughs) And two, if Burkhead outtouched Johnson, why are we sitting here talking about David rather than Rex Burkhead? And my response would be one, this is now a Jets matchup that the Texans can compete in and have a lead as well. Even not though, then David Johnson still ran 16 routes to wreck Burt's head seven and Burkhead's 18 touches were all carries so I think Johnson is the better pickup anyhow and could be used in a terrific matchup against a Jets backfield that we want to target running backs for the Jets defense allowing six more fantasy points per game to opposing running backs than the next closest also 30 touches per game allowed to opposing running backs so I, I actually think David Johnson is a sneaky like rv3 A uh, Sunday Seven Circle of Hell DFS option. Like, I actually kind of like David Johnson this week.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Is it that thin with all the things going do It's pretty thin,
2: buddy. I don't think
1: I can go there. All right. right, I'll go look. I'm not excited to. Honestly, I think I would, if it's just for like a one week fill in, I think I would play Burkhead over Johnson. Okay. Because you're dead if you don't get the touchdown. And it seems like Burkhead is probably more in the mark ingram role like they're they're salting away the game burkhead 18 carries for 40 yards 2.2 yards per carry still better than david johnson who had 1.4 yards per carry so you're not getting a lot of efficiency out of the rushing game to your point normally you know i would agree and say let's just get the guy who actually gets targets johnson had four targets last week we know that's his specialty is receiving back burkhead though was also used as a bit of a receiver he's not like a total zero there in new england and I think he might be the guy they they favor on the goal line. So it, it feels like a touchdown or bust type of thing. At the very least, I would be saying, you know, if you're really thin at running back, thin enough that you're thinking about adding David Johnson off the waiver wire, throw in a, a $1, $2 contingent bid for Rex Burkhead as well.
2: I think genuinely one or the other can be a starter this week. I, I really do. You just plug them in because you need 15 touches. Because I think both can get there in this matchup. But in DFS, like if you want to go to Elijah Moore after he finally broke out and was used properly as their number two receiver, usage-wise, but performed like their number one, that's all we ever needed from him, then uh, you'd be crazy, let's say, to go like Burkhead with Elijah Moore because that's not the game script we're painting. That would be <laughs> more getting two touchdowns. To You're the crazy Duncan no matter the game script. Answering our prayers.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't I can't be doing Rex Burkhead at DFS. I'm not there yet, but, you know, throw a couple <laughs> throw a couple bucks on him. It's fine. Let's talk about MVS, the guy who actually won money in DF, uh, for people in DFS, won some people some tournaments oh, yeah. last week. If he's out on the waiver wire, he, he actually seems like a pretty nice head.
2: And we saw MVS run just three more routes than Randall Cobb, but even so, used the number two receiver for the Packers since Alan Lazard was a DMP all week. And that's why I think we may get Marcus Valdez-Scantling again, as their number two receiver, we saw this matchup last year. Packers threw 36 times, even though the Rams bolstered a similar, if not better, pass defense to just 26 running back carries in that matchup. And Valdez Scantling, because Jalen Ramsey shadowed Devontae Adams, it didn't matter really. Devontae Adams still got there on 10 targets, but Valdez Scantling was still used heavily on eight targets. And that was with Alan Lazard also coming in and getting mixed in as their third receiver. So overall, like I think there is a, a good usage here for Valdez Scantling as long as. Alan Lazard remains out and since he didn't practice at all I think we will squeak by with MVS yet again so I think he's a viable wide receiver three this week honestly if you just pick him up for a pinch
1: I really like that call I think Alan Lazard being out helped him a lot his routes yeah. were down a bit MVS's routes were down in week nine but they were back up last week and uh, Rodgers was looking for him right away in the game and they were completely out of sync it looked like the first couple throws but Rodgers was was looking for him along the sideline Looking for him deep. And then they connected on that 30 yard play. Uh, I believe in the first quarter. Obviously hits him for a 75 yard touchdown to end uh, the Packers last that was their last throw of the game, actually. But they looked like they had a, a nice connection, a connection that was kind of growing as the game went on. If we get another game without Alan Lazard, I'm kind of I'm pretty excited about you know MVS again in a boom bust role. I mean, all of his targets were basically deep. So you you could have that run bad pretty easily on you. Mm. but it also gives you upside. So I like that call a lot. What are we doing in deep cuts this week?
2: Lots of deep cuts and add some or stop me along the way. Uh, Cedric Wilson, seven seven targets this past week. Of course, that was because Amari Cooper, who is not vaccinated, was out and is out on Thursday. Not to mention CeeDee Lamb and the concussion protocol trying to turn around quickly for Thursday's game. So we don't know what's going to happen. If Lamb is active, I would not worry about Cedric Wilson at all. But if Lamb is out very clearly, the pecking order is Michael Gallup and then Cedric Wilson. So you can start Cedric Wilson as like a wide receiver three, in my opinion.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: If Lamb is out, is Noah Brown worth an ad in a deep league?
2: Sure, but I wouldn't run to the waiver wire for him.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: I think that's more of a let's get into a DFS Thursday talk for a three-game slate as opposed to like starting Noah Brown in redraft leagues.
1: That seems right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Especially because Stevie lamb was apparently participating in meetings today at the facilities. And you can't do that if you're like out or having, um, lingering issues from in the concussion protocol. So it seems like he's pretty close to turning around. That's why I actually think he's going to play, but right now, just keep in mind that, yeah, Cedric Wilson and then Noah Brown to a extremely lesser extent, in my opinion, Jordan Howard. Out, would imagine, the next two games because the Eagles go on by in two weeks. And so at least for this week against the Giants and then the Jets afterwards, an amazing spot. But Giants and Jets, I'm assuming, you will get Boston Scott for a team that is still running a league-high run play rate neutral game script. has clearly become, and they're better for it, Clearly become a run-heavy team because they're not letting Jalen Hurts throw 35 times anymore. It is Jalen Hurts is still going to run the ball 10 plus times with the running backs and then be effective on the few deep chances he gets. And so Boston Scott, I think, is a pretty good add given the soft matchups he has for the next two weeks, knowing he's going to mix in behind or alongside Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell will be active in place of Jordan Howard, but we know they're just not going to use Kenneth Gainwell in the same manner they use Jordan Howard. So I like Boston Scott quite a bit. If you are banged up since his deep cuts of Week Twelve, AJ Brown not expecting to play since the Titans go on by next week after this Patriots game. Probably no Marcus Johnson in this game as well. Jeff Swain sign line this past week, and that all allowed Anthony Ferkser to come out of nowhere for seven targets and his highest route.
1: That's all it took. His
2: highest route participation, never a doubt since Week One. And so, although he would strictly be a week one fill-in, because I expect everyone except Derrick Henry to get healthy after the bye, (laughs) Anthony is here for the tight end premium leagues, most likely, if you need him in a banged up spot that even if like AJ Brown were to play, not expecting him to with the bye around the corner, we know like they would just do the same thing they did Kyle Pitts. They do the same thing they did Mike Williams. They'll just shut him down with bracket coverage. No big deal. Pete Carroll said they were going to use a committee. And even in losing Rashad Penny, After the first carry. He had an 18-yard explosion on his first touch. He tried to come back in, but was clearly banged up and then just taken off altogether. They still stuck with that timeshare. DJ Dallas led them all in routes run, got five touches, was clearly the most explosive of the four backs they used. Alex Collins, no targets, very few routes, but 10 carries altogether. I think DJ Dallas can sneak by with eight to ten touches in this game if you're very desperate. They're not going to be good to, well, they will be good touches. There just won't be a lot of them because this is still an offense that can't even get Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf there weekly because they just run on so little volume and they are so inefficient and terrible at play calling. But DJ Dallas is there nonetheless. Josh Reynolds, Thursday turnaround, you know, he got picked up off waivers. He made his Lions debut this past Sunday and actually led the team in routes run at receiver. So here he is. The starting line's wide receiver on Thursday, him and Zay Jones are right there. If you want to play the routes runs, guys, they're getting their cardio. They're not going to get targets. They're right there, though, if you want them.
1: They sure are. Brian Edwards as well.
2: Yeah, he's that's the permanent cardio guy. Everyone was in a frenzy to play Jawan Johnson after week one when he had two touchdowns on 10 routes, even though we said that was clearly unsustainable and not to chase it. And now, with no Adam Troutman for the next three or four weeks, at least on like Thursday, this short turnaround, like... Why wouldn't you want to play Jawan Johnson again? Yes, he's been healthy Scratched two of his last three games. I think everyone's going to go to Nick Panette since he showed up and ran 15 routes in place of Troutman. But with Jawan Johnson healthy, I would imagine they at least feature him in the red zone. So I think he's a, a pretty sneaky ad for tight end premium leagues to see if he just gets more usage as a hybrid wide receiver tight end down the stretch without Troutman.
1: On the Saints, if Taysom Hill is available in, in leagues, like – are you preemptively adding him? Because Simeon was so bad last week. You have to think that he'll probably get the start on Thanksgiving. He'll probably be terrible. He's facing the Bills defense. That's not going to go very well. We're probably getting Taysom Hill starting after that, wouldn't you think?
2: Yep, that's a sharp look. Yeah, I'd go ahead and get on Taysom now, being sure that Trevor Simeon will get benched during the Bills game. Absolutely. Also, while uh, like I don't think – on Smith and like some Saints guys are just not really good ads right now. Um, Maybe after the Bills game, but like you just can't start anyone against the Bills. They're wide receivers anyway. So not really a spot I'm I'm picking up any Saints. But the look ahead beyond the Bills game for Taysom Hill, at least, who we know was a QB one and three of his four starts last year, is a good look. I'll add that to the column. And then finally, unless you have anyone else, two games for the Raiders for Deshaun Jackson, 18% of the snaps in his first game with just four routes run had that big catch and a fumble. And then last week, 34% snaps increased 10 routes with both Brian Edwards and Zay Jones being ineffective. I do wonder, I know for a fact they will increase his usage. It's just a matter of how much they increase him by Thursday. That's probably going to decide not only redraft leagues for picking him up, but also like DFS slates. Deshaun Jackson is a key player here. So I think getting ahead of Deshaun Jackson for for the stretch run is also still wise to do.
1: Yeah, he was targeted heavily in L.A., I believe 22% of his routes off the top of my head. He's gotten, I think, one or two targets since being with the Raiders. So he's been targeted very infrequently. But this is a guy who's changing teams. The fact that he's out there at all, I think, is is a little bit of a bullish sign because they know he can just draw coverage. So I think, yeah, at some point, the, the Sean Jackson emergence game with the Raiders and emergence is probably a bit of a strong word. I think we'll probably max out around like 55% of routes or something like that, even when he gets there, but he's going to get to that point at some point, I think just because of the competition and he's probably going to hit a few big plays for them. So it's worth like taking that gamble that it might be this week, even though one of the short weeks, probably not the best chance that it happens. Yeah. We can talk about that more for Thanksgiving slate. Like a little bit of a weak start, but, Definitely someone that's worth having on the back end of your bench going forward if you're a little bit weak at wide receiver, I think. So even if you're not starting this week, definitely a nice little stash.
2: And there is a question on Dontrell Hilliard. I'll just note that it was a game without Jeremy Nichols. Um, Dontrell Hilliard won't be active if Jeremy Nichols is back from concussion protocol this week, even though, again, they do go on by. So maybe they keep him out if there's any lingering issues for one more game, but also just complete blowout. So that's why he ran 38 routes on the team's 55 dropbacks and eventually inevitably outtouched both Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman. Now we've seen three games for the Titans without Derrick Henry and all three Hilliard Foreman and Peterson have led in touches in all three weeks at some point. So just inconsistent. I'm not wish casting any usage on the Hilliard. It's whatever. Like mm-hmm. if they fall behind, that would, that would have been the nickels, but since they did not or since they did, since he was not there, that was Hilliard. If they are competitive at all, which I don't expect them to be against the Patriots, but let's say they are, because wilder things have happened this year, that will be a Peterson and Foreman timeshare, and then we both, we all lose. So there's just no reason to chase it, like unless you want to, because McNichols is out. That's it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think the Hilliard usage is just very bearish for the overall backfield, because we know now they're they're going to have a McNichols type in there, where I thought maybe it would condense the two. And- didn't at all. In fact, it almost got a little bit more McNichols-y because of the game script.
2: I will take David Johnson over Dontrell Hilliard.
1: Yeah, that's. I will
2: too. I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't know if it's a take that just doesn't even need to exist, probably. It definitely doesn't need to exist. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. It's week 12. All
1: right. Uh, Before we get out of here, got a couple uh, things to tell the people. Uh, You can get an edge on your fantasy league with player rankings, projections, tiers, and alerts for players on your team or who you're eyeing on the waiver wire by signing up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. You can do it at a discount using the code GOOD10 to get 10% off your annual subscription. And the NFL is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. This week, you'll have a chance to win $1.1 It starts Thanksgiving night between the Bills and Saints. And starting on Sunday night, we're giving away $1 million every week for the remainder of the regular season. And that contest is live right now. So download today from your app store or visit nbcsports.com slash predictor. Daigle, thanks so much for joining me, talking waiver wires. We're going to be back here at halftime next week. Make sure to check out the waiver wire column. That's where Daigle's got all of his additional thoughts on who these pickups should be for your leagues. We're getting down the stretch run here, guys. We've got to get these uh, playoff spots and win our leagues. We're going to help you do that with some waiver wire content here for you. All right, thanks guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.